Welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast, coming up. So for me, it was someone recommended, why don't you try yoga? So I got a yoga video and I was obviously bedridden, so I couldn't do a full yoga workout. So I just used to do this little five minute warm up every day. And this warm up was just breathing techniques, a few shoulder and neck exercises, and just a couple of gentle twists. And that's where it started. But as soon as I took, and I remember it so clearly, as soon as I took, what I feel is probably my first proper deep breath in adulthood because obviously it's just babies and as children we do breathe in that correct way but when I took that first deep breath I knew within me I was able to heal myself. I'm your host Danielle Collins and I'm the world leading face yoga expert, best-selling author of the book Danielle Collins Face Yoga and creator of the international teacher training program the Danielle Collins Face Yoga Method. 17 years ago, I healed myself from chronic illness and I've spent the last 15 years teaching, sharing and serving millions of people in person, on TV and online to help them look and feel the best version of themselves. This podcast is about giving you simple, effective, natural tips and advice and sharing knowledge and insight from industry experts. If you have a friend who you think would enjoy this podcast, please share it on social media as it means so much if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast as it allows more people to feel healthier and happier naturally. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. This is the Face Yoga Expert Podcast. Hi guys, so this week's guest is the amazing Kelsey Patel. She is a Reiki master, she's an emotional freedom technique practitioner, she's a yoga teacher and a meditation teacher. And this podcast went a very different direction to what I was expecting. So I had lots of pre-planned questions for her, we were going to talk loads about self-care and wellness, which actually we did, but what happened very much is it became a little bit of a therapy session for me. I started to open up about my fears and concerns about the coronavirus pandemic, how it's affecting me personally. I talked about my journey 17 years ago with my chronic illness, how it affects me now. She also talks about her journey and is very vulnerable. So it's such a beautiful episode and it finishes with the most amazing meditation and Reiki healing, which Kelsey leads us through. So without further ado, let's jump straight in to this episode with Kelsey Patel. How's things for you? How's LA at the moment? We are actually in our Orange County home, which is outside of LA. It's about 45 minutes. And to be honest, it's quite lovely. We have a yard and we have um, a very spacious hiking trail near us. So we are bunkered down and just, it feels kind of like an extended vacation. Yeah. Definitely. It's so strange, isn't guys? it? We're all good. Yeah, we're, I mean, same. I've got two little girls, so seven and three. So it's a real adjustment for them. <laughs> sort of being in, my three-year-old loves it. She seems to think being with mummy and daddy and big sister is the best thing ever. Um, my oh. eldest one is just missing her friends so much. And she's really, I think she's really struggling. Like I just, I'm not been pushing the homeschooling or schoolwork. It's just been focused on 
as much fun, play in the garden, relaxation as possible because her emotions are just all over the place at the moment. And you forget, you know, a seven-year-old, it's so much to take in and understand why suddenly you can't do anything or go anywhere. I would say the seven to like 11 and 12-year-olds are the ones that are struggling the most right now because they're, they are that age, they literally thrive off of their friends. They grow from their friendships. They learn, they, you know, all that. I helped raise my two stepsons since they were six and nine and they're now 17 and 20. And they, so that I remember those ages so well, you know, because it was my first time in motherhood as well. So it was very profound for me. And that would be a very hard age to be going through this because it's a friend of mine, her son has his ninth birthday and he's just so sad right now, (laughs) you know? So it's like, it's, there's a lot for those little ones because they understand so many things and not understanding this must be just a tragedy. And my eldest, my seven-year-old, she's got such an old soul as well. And she's always, she has, and she's always been so mature for her age. But I think that can be a blessing and a curse, really, because, you know, I feel like she understands spiritually really more than what she lets on but she's also so confused by it because she's still got that immaturity immaturity of just sort of being seven really oh what a love and I don't know why but if I may I would just love to offer this if if it resonates and if it doesn't obviously don't do anything with it but do you guys or have you guys sat down to do any forms of like prayer or meditation every day to help the world That would be so lovely to do. I mean, I do my own yoga and meditation every day and they do little bits of yoga with me, but it's sort of, let's be a cat, let's be a dog. But we haven't done anything that's more sort of meditation prayer based. Yeah, that gives chills. Just you and her Mm -hmm. and going in to have your little like sacred space together where she can really, it'll also give her permission to start to probably express some of her feelings like okay, first we're going to talk about our feelings to God or whatever you want to, whatever you connect with Mm. and, or to our angels or, you know, to the clouds or whatever it may be and the stars you can, and then you're going to send, you know, and I do this with a lot of kids as well. And it makes them feel like little, um, almost like little Jedis, you know, it's so, so tender. Um, You can get crystals and you really want to help her see how powerful prayer or meditation or sending out good energy can feel. You know, it could be like you get fresh flowers from the garden and you make a little beautiful circle, like whatever it is to have your sacred time together where you're going to send prayers so that everyone gets healthy and that we can be back and playing with our friends and that Mother Earth feels really happy and healthy or whatever it may be. That sounds lovely. She was so sweet the other day because I tuned into the yoga studio that I go to regularly are doing online classes at the moment. And I did a, a morning meditation with them and she came up and she just sat next to me and she just cuddled into me so tight for the whole 30 minutes. And I said to her afterwards, were you joining in, Lucia? She said, no, mummy, I was just cuddling you. But you know that she was listening. And interesting that you say that the meditation was all about sending love out to the 
the world. Oh, so it's so I sweet. So there's too. a part of her, <laughs> there's a part of her, I think, that, you know, really wants to do that. So I love that idea. And she loves my crystals as well. So I think integrating the crystals oh, this is, magical, is so like nice. The two of you, every day, it could be for five minutes, but something where... You invite her into that sacred spirituality space. And especially because she's an old soul, it might, mm. she might like be timid or not want to do it right away. But then she like just allow her to fully get into it and give her that space and permission to be so free to say whatever she wants to send prayers to and whatever. I think that's really going to help open her up. Thank you. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And also as you're saying that, I'm thinking today she was making these lovely little potions in the garden with water ah! and flowers and things. So I'm thinking we need to integrate that into it as well. Yes. Oh, I have chills everywhere. This oh. is it. She, this is actually going to be her beautiful time to, it's almost like this is her, what's the right word? It's almost like her initiation, her little rite of passage to becoming you know, integrated in spirituality with her mom and with um, the power of energy and prayer and, and her potions, you know, like you have no idea how this could also be something she comes back to as a practice in her own life when things get tough. Oh my gosh, I love that. That's just making me feel so much more content about it all because I have been worried about it. I mean, as a mum, you do worry about these things, but that's, yeah, it's, and actually, Kelsey, if you don't mind, I think well, I was going to do a whole sort of formal introduction to you on the podcast, but should we just keep rolling because all of this is yeah, been recording and yeah. I think, I think what you've shared is just going to, it's going to help so many other mums out there that I'm sure have got children going through similar things. So, and it's so nice I to hear from it. your experience as well. You know, you've been there um, with children of a similar age. So I love that so much. That's amazing. And it's sort of linked so beautifully with, I was looking through your website this afternoon, which is so nice. And one of the things that really touched me more than anything was when you talked about your calling and your mission. And I think already in the first sort of few minutes, you've shown us that so wonderfully. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how you wrote that your mission is to help people stand in their own truth, release old patterns and begin leading authentic and fulfilling lives. So can you share with us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. I And first of all, thank you so much for um, having me and for opening up even your your own human experience right now in this very uncertain time that we're all experiencing because you know, the more that all of us talk about it from the deepest parts of our experience, and even the ones that might seem like they're less relevant than maybe somebody who's working as an ER nurse or whatever, we're all, we're all equally human, and we're all equally having this very extraordinary experience. And so I always want to encourage people to never minimize your feelings and your emotions, because they are yours, and they are really important to you and to your soul and to your to every part of you and it's what makes your whole body work together and so when you push away your own feelings or your emotions or even just minimize some of the things not that that's at all what you were doing but it's not going to help the world the way that you want to be probably of service to the world meaning everyone has some part of them that wants to help we can all only do that in our most authentic and heart-centered way 
when we're authentic and heart-centered with ourselves. So I share that because, you know, for a long time in my own career, I was so focused on everything that was external to me. So moving up in my career and sort of like kind of always looking for that next title or that next position that I could achieve um, and making that sort of the always goal. Or it might have been constantly wanting to build up a bank account or not that I was ever very good at that, <laughs> wanting to do that or, you know, just all these focuses that were outside of me. And it wasn't really a very beautiful journey. It was a very painful journey. It was a very silly journey in the fact that I kept having to learn the same lessons over and over and over again. And, you know, my career started on Capitol Hill in, in the United States, um, in Washington, D.C., as a public servant, so very much like in the government and feeling very proud and also really burning myself out. I didn't make a lot of money as a public servant, so I bartended and I babysat and I taught dance classes and I danced in a company. I did everything. And I got really burned out and I had a lot of back pain and I had a lot of anxiety, but I never realized that my anxiety was anxiety. I thought I was just like a go-getter. <laughs> and I think a lot of people suffer from that same syndrome where they are not really recognizing that they are running around all day, every day, like a chicken with their head cut off and they're tired or they may have the manifestation of disease or physical pain or Hashimoto's or, you know, some sort of anything that can alarm the entire physical body, that it's not in a state of balance, but believing somehow that you are doing all the right things and being the way that you have been taught to be. And like many people, I sort of had my, my reckoning and I've now dedicated, and there's a lot of other stuff in the story, but all that is to say, I kept getting jobs that were really quote unquote successful on paper and amazing on a resume. I had my own businesses. I worked for a Fortune 500 company and did crisis PR. I had you know money in my bank account. I had all the things. I had the best gym membership. I had a nice car and I was just really exhausted. And every day I would wake up and feel drained and overwhelmed before the day started. And that was really when I recognized that I was the common denominator. Even when I had my own businesses and I didn't have a boss, I was still struggling. Wow. So that's kind of, that's the story, if you will. Wow. And, and how did you make the change then to go into doing what you're doing now? I wish I could say that there was like one sweeping event that took place. Like that would be a really pretty bow to put on it. But I don't believe that that's always how. For some people that may be true, but that certainly has not been the journey for my life. So when I owned, I owned fitness studios called Pure Bar. They were bar-based um, technique classes. And I loved them because I'd been a dancer my whole life. And I owned a few of those studios. I was a franchise owner and I loved doing events for our clients. And one day we did a wellness event and at this wellness event, my dear friend, who's an incredible esthetician, had come to do a little booth. And she asked if her Reiki master could come and also do Reiki on people. And I'd never heard of Reiki. Um, this was back in probably 2010, maybe 2009. And I said, sure, no problem. Like, bring her in. And so she came in and I watched her holding her hands hovering above people's heads. And I thought, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, I really, I, I was definitely a skeptic of the sort of metaphysical ways of doing things. I had meditated and done yoga, but never really dived into it. And she offered me, the woman offered me a free session afterwards as a thank you for having her at the studio. And I went and I felt she also did EFT, which stands for emotional freedom technique, also known as tapping. And I didn't quite know how it worked, but as when I got up off of the massage table after our session, I felt just a sense of calm and a sense of peace, like almost like the minute you wake up in the morning and you're still kind of sleepy. That was how it felt. And it lasted for a little while after the session. And then I went back to my crazy, anxious, overwhelmed, like panicky ways. (laughs) And I started seeing her once a week for a session. And then I ended up deciding to learn Reiki with her. I did my Reiki. There's four levels of Reiki. And I did my Reiki level one just to be able to do Reiki on myself because I traveled a lot for work. And as luck would have it, I sort of continued on never ever intending to do Reiki on others or to teach it or to do what I'm doing now. It was just a very slow, gradual path. And as I did that work with her, I started to, we ended up opening up a small healing center together. I started doing little mini workshops. I really got to play and explore in the space. Um, I got other certifications in different modalities and that was really how it happened. It was a very slow, curiosity-perked experience, and it was never to become a teacher or a healer. I thought that that was all very woo-woo and didn't fit or align with my very black and white and narrow view of the world. That's quite a story. And I just find it all so interesting. I mean, I have a a similar story in some ways. I went through, I'm 38 now, but when I was 21 and I left university, I became very ill. I got glandular fever. I think in the US you call it Epstein-Barr. And then I got... um, ME, we call it ME here, so like a chronic fatigue syndrome. So affecting my immune system, my nervous system, I was very much housebound, bedridden for pretty much 18 months. And that's where my healing journey became. And very much like you, before that, I'd never heard of anything. I hadn't even heard of yoga, unbelievably enough. And it was during that time that I mean, I had to get to my rock bottom, my absolute rock bottom, in order to then be open enough to bring in these holistic therapies to heal myself and then heal myself and then went on to do my training as a yoga teacher, relaxation therapist and so on. And and the rest <laughs> and the rest is sort of history. Um, I'm so interested to hear from you because I know you are super busy now and you do so much. How do you find now that your life differs from back when you're in that corporate world? Because obviously you are still sort of out there doing so much, but is it with a different pace or with a different mindset? That's a great question. And I have one counter question for you because I think that's okay, important cool. for a lot of people to know. What do you remember when you were feeling that way? Like what was the first experience you did? Was it yoga or what was the thing that prompted you or got you into that first alternative experience than a doctor's office? 
So I just wanted to take a very brief pause in this episode to tell you a little bit about an exciting new course I have just launched. So this is not a teacher training course. It's for everyone. It's 10 days of face yoga. Over the 10 days, you get a 10 minute video each day, which leads you through a structured face yoga program. You also get a digital copy of my book, Danielle Collins Face Yoga. And at the end of your course, you get a lovely fun quiz, which is great for just refreshing your memory about a few of the techniques. Now, if you've already got a physical copy of my book, then this is still a wonderful course for you. It leads you through how to do the techniques in video format. It means you get a digital copy of the book as part of it and really enables you to have a very structured program. If you haven't already got my book, it's a great opportunity to get my book, but also to get videos with it. And by doing this, it enable you just to go through each of the videos and enjoy some motivating face yoga every single day. So if you just head to faceyogaexpert.com slash shop, and it's the second product down on the shop, it's £29.99 British pounds, and you can convert it to dollars. There's the option there to do either. So head to the website now, and I hope you enjoy the course. Let's get back to this week's episode. So for me, it was someone recommended, why don't you try yoga? So I got a yoga video and I was obviously bedridden, so I couldn't do a full yoga workout. So I just used to do this little five minute warm up every day. And this warm up was just breathing techniques, a few shoulder and neck exercises and just a couple of gentle twists. And that's where it started. But as soon as I took, and I remember it so clearly, as soon as I took, what I feel is probably my first proper deep breath in adulthood because obviously it's as babies and as children we do breathe in that correct way but when I took that first deep breath I knew within me I was able to heal myself I knew that there was something else and it's so crazy because as you say I literally visualized myself in that bedroom in that bed with the old sort of VHS video in the in the in the video player and I just knew okay I can heal myself because I think breathing properly for the first time in what years and years and years just changes everything and still to this day when people say to me what do you think the best yoga technique is or what's the best thing I can do for my face or my mind for me it's breath the answer always to everyone is breath and you know it's that first experience for me but still the the major one in my life now there's always a first step for everyone. And it is really hard to to create the first step towards your healing. I mean, your ego will resist it. Your mind and ego will make up all of the excuses possible of why you don't have that five minutes, even if you're bedridden, mm-hmm. to do to put the tape in the tape player or to find the video, whatever it may be, you know, we are very smart at avoiding Mm -hmm. (laughs) the things that are going to disempower our egos and open up our hearts. And I think that, you know, just hearing that story is probably really inspiring for everyone because, you know, it does just take that first five minutes of breathing, of sitting down to do a practice and that people often want to, excuse me, at least the people that I work with, they really, and they'll talk to me about it after. And I get it because I was the exact same way. They really want to overcomplicate 
this, these practices, they really want to overcomplicate the, the surrender. They want to overcomplicate stillness. They want to overcomplicate healing. And it's really, really so challenging and simple at the same time. Yes, it is. And it's allowing yourself to be in that stillness. And I think that allowing yourself to have that space is one of the hardest things ever. It's like Shavasana is the hardest yoga pose because we have to stop. We have to be with ourselves. We have to listen. And it is scary, particularly if you've never done that before. And it sounds like you were maybe in that experience too when you were very much in that corporate life. You didn't give yourself that time and that space to actually look at what's happening and feel that discomfort. And I didn't want to, you know, Mm. to be honest, it's not even that I didn't give myself space. I was actively avoiding it. You know, Mm. I went through a lot of my life with a mother who was, um, who suffered very deeply from bipolarity and depression. And we lived in North Dakota, which is really close to Canada and like in the middle of America. And it's very, (laughs) I mean, the whole state has a total of like 600,000 people and, you know, we lived in a town of maybe 50,000 people and my parents both had wonderful careers and they couldn't talk about a lot of the stuff that happened in our home and I couldn't talk about it. So begins, so begins the journey of, you know, repressing emotions and that takes a toll on any human, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, exactly why we talked about your daughter, you know, at age seven, at all these different ages and stages of our lives, if we aren't given the space or permission, and it's okay if we aren't, it's more that it's going to create a need for it to be heard and to be felt and to be held later on in our lives. And anyone who wants to omit themselves from that process is doing themselves a deep disservice. In our in Reiki level two, we have this practice that I learned from my teacher and I now require all of my students to do it. You learn what's called distance Reiki, which is the ability to send Reiki to someone through time, through space, through city and location. Um, it's a very powerful practice. And we have this part of the protocol where you have to, after your training, you have to go home and send Reiki healing back to every single year of your life throughout like a 30-day process. And it's a really intense emotional healing process because most people don't realize that they're walking around carrying these belief systems and patterns because of a traumatic event or because of healing that was never like created or, or space that was never given to a moment that needed healing. Yes, that's unbelievable. And at the moment, I think that so many of us human beings are almost being forced because of the coronavirus now are almost being forced to sit in our own space and our own silence how what's your take on that how are you feeling about the situation you know I, I I so agree with that and I would say for a lot of people it's okay and it's probably happening that a lot of what we call in some of this more metaphysical work the shadow side of ourselves is starting to come up, which is really starting to bring everyone to this place of having to face 
themselves and having to face the shadow of themselves. And we all have shadow and shadow can, it's not necessarily a negative thing. It can look like, you know, an old back pain or an old knee injury or something that, you know, has been a finicky part of your life for a while that suddenly resurfaces during a time like this, not because your body wants to you know, make you feel pain or stop you. It's because it's offering you an opportunity to heal something, right? That's the way I look at the relationship now with the human body. And of course, you know, if you slip on a patch of ice in winter, it's not because you need to always go down a deep rabbit hole of, of all the spiritual possibilities of it. It could be, but sometimes ice is just ice and it's slippery. And, and that's the moment, you know, but I would say, you know, for a lot of people to really give yourself this deep spaciousness right now and try not to fill up every moment of the day with an activity or with a doing. Um, the doing is really a beautiful part of being able to be human and producing and creating and, and all of that. But we need to also recognize that that's not our only function here as humans, human beings, right? So we do yeah. need to take time to be, to be with nature, to be with ourselves, to be in stillness, to be in, in silence, to be in thought, to be in the energy of learning, you know, to really see the full spectrum of your humanness. And if you're overdoing right now, I would recommend a 30 minute pause every day to just check in, you know, no phone, no computer, if you need to set a timer for the 30 minutes, set the timer in your kitchen so that it's not attached to your technology. And really, like, it doesn't matter what you do during that time, but just putz around. It could be walking through your home. It could be sitting down and meditating. It could be walking out into your garden and just sitting down for 30 minutes. It could be reading a book. It could be, like, very intentionally making a cup of tea and then sitting to sip the tea. There are many ways to be with yourself. And I would say for anyone who's too in the state of doing right now to really give yourself this, even as uncomfortable as it may be, create the spaciousness now because it's going to help you later. I love that. That's such important advice. And I don't know about you, but I've come across so many people that I've spoken to in the last few weeks in particular that are feeling a lot of fear surrounding the coronavirus. Yeah. So whether it be fear from themselves, fear for their immediate family and friends or fear for the world overall. And I know that some people are maybe trying to avoid that quiet and that silence and that being with themselves because they're worried for those feelings to come up and stronger. What advice would you give someone if they're listening to this and they are feeling fear and they are worried to take that quiet time? What, what would you say would, would be a good place to, to start to work through that? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question and it's, it's real. You know, this is a real experience. This is a real challenge for so many of us right now. And I would say... First of all, fear, the, the beautiful acronym that goes along with fear is false evidence appearing real, F-E-A-R. Oh, I love that. Right? And it's been around for a long time. It's definitely not my quote, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's out there. It's in a lot, of the, a lot of the different works of different teachers. And I would say, you know, right now, we, 
we don't necessarily have just false evidence. We have real evidence that stuff is happening. So I understand and I really deeply empathize with, with my fellow humans. I mean, I've felt it. We had, I have two stepsons and we had had a a moment with them a couple of weeks ago when all of this first started where they had gone, they, we had given them permission to go outside and, and go fishing, you know, just the two of them and, and they could be away from everyone. And they had stopped at Walmart and to get boba tea on the way home to get snacks. And we freaked out <laughs> and, you know, it, it was not pretty. And I was not my highest, most spiritual self. I was in a deep state of fear and mm. all of us are going through that. And so it's not necessarily about needing to fight your fear. What I would say is you can also offer it up. So anytime that I find myself, and this goes back to the question that I don't think I ever answered to you, which is about how I, my life back then and my life now, what are the big differences? Because mm-hmm. I do still work you know, a lot and have a very busy life. The difference is now, and this is what I offer up to those experiencing fear, is I know now that I'm not the only one doing this life. I have a deeper relationship with God, universe, whatever you want to call it. I grew up Catholic, so I very much still connect to Christ consciousness. And I believe in angels. I believe in, you know, the energy and power of Mother Earth. I believe in our our human spirit that is connected between each and every one of us as humans. And I think that's also why we're all feeling it so deeply is because every single other human being on this planet is impacted by this. This isn't isolated to one country, one race, one age group, one sexuality group. This is the whole collective, which is why all of us are being impacted. And so it's okay to feel fear. And I would say, but my, my deepest offering for that is to sit down and get quiet and pray or be in nature and just listen to the birds and, you know, really to lay down your fear and put it on an altar for it to be altered. Does that make sense? That makes complete sense. And I do think we have to allow ourselves to feel that fear and feel the full range of emotions. And actually going back to my daughter, to my seven-year-old, there's so much of me that just wants to take away every time she feels a sense of anger about it or upset or anxiety. You know, as a mother, you just want to take that away and say, come on, be happy and suddenly start surrounding us with happy things. But what I keep trying to remind myself is she needs to feel those emotions. As a human being, she needs to know that it's okay to have a full range of emotions, but particularly now, because it would be wrong if we were all just feeling completely happy because that isn't what's what's going on. There are sad things happening as, as a result of this. So, yeah, Absolutely. it's lovely that you say that. You know, that's a, a good reminder for me as a mother, but also for myself as well. My husband is, um, he well, he's my business partner within the business, but he's also a firefighter. Now, he's mm-hmm. had a few weeks off and um, because a couple of weeks ago, my girls had coughs. It was nothing serious, but we had to just be really responsible and make sure that we didn't go near anyone just in case. So he had a few weeks off the fire service. So next week he goes back for the first time since in the UK, the pandemic mm-hmm. has really been strong. We've been in lockdown. 
And if you were to ask me what my fear is surrounding this, it's that we're going from our little bubble where we've all been safe for the last two weeks and we've all been in lockdown to him then going and being in the public, you know, and as a firefighter, you don't know where you're going to go or or what you're going to have to do throughout the day. So I know that he's going to be so much more vulnerable. And if he's vulnerable, that makes all of us within our home vulnerable. And that's where my fear is. But again, I'm just trying to allow myself to just be in that fear a little bit and, and sit in that fear rather than to try and erase it too quickly. And I would say once again, Danielle, because I was just going to say, as you were talking, you know, even as we began the conversation about your seven-year-old mm. is this idea that she's equipped, she knows, and she will very, kids are incredibly um, open vessels and they know how to shift energy much quicker than we do as as mm-hmm. adults that have had a lot of human experiences and a lot of things that have closed down our connections, um, which is why you do meditation and do these practices so you can open them back up, right? But what I would say is even in hearing that, this idea of wanting her to have just so, so much joy right now, I would actually say to you, what would it mean to you if she didn't have joy every day? Mm, you know, like I would, yeah. I would ask you to sit with your discomfort in your children having their own, like their own emotional pain. And that is, it's, it's a heartache. It's yeah. painful. Yeah. Of course, your child cuts their knee and it's like, <gasps> you know, but yeah. that is also part of us as parents. And I can say this only as a step parent, of course, not in, in it, probably in any regard, the same way that you've experienced your relationship with them. But in my brief, brief experience as a stepmother, it's very interesting because it's more about really releasing the energy of this codependency that can be created within family dynamics. And I say that from my own personal experience with the mother who was very sick is learning how to love them with that unconditional love that you have, and also to create tools for them to help them see how they are supported. And they can also have really big feelings and that the big feelings are a beautiful gift and that they will be able to move through them and work through them. If you also help them see that they can do practices like we talked about earlier, right? And I think for many people right now, treat yourself the way you would treat a small child that's going through this because you too have that small child inside of you that needs to be loved, that needs to be comforted, that needs to be held. And when we put on too many of these facades, we're not doing ourselves or anyone around us a service, right? And so oftentimes we've been taught to show be strong, be a leader, be all these things. And there is, of course, a time for that. But you have to still give yourself permission to be vulnerable with your own emotions and to go inward with your own deep feelings. And even as your husband goes back to work, it's like, I would even say, maybe every morning, all of you pray together or something where you really, you ask to be held, you ask collectively to be supported, or you put that energy of light around him together as a family, something that will make you and him and your girls feel very protected in this time. 
I love that. And it's a really interesting concept as a mother to almost sit in the discomfort of your child's discomfort, because I'm so used to working on myself. Actually, quite recently, I did a lovely two day training with an EFT practitioner and it was great. I mean, initially I signed up for it a while ago because I thought it might be something I wanted to teach. But actually, I realised I wanted to do it very much to just have knowledge around the subject, but also just from a self-help point of view. And it was just amazing working through that discomfort and some subconscious beliefs that I hold on to, we all hold on to. But interesting enough, this is my first real practice of sitting in the discomfort of my children's discomfort. So that might be the big sort of thing that I I learn out of this, because I feel like we're all going to come out of this very differently. I feel the whole new paradigm is coming you know it's a real shift for everybody but that might be mine personally so thank you for highlighting that I think that that's that's so important for me but also I'm sure for a lot of people listening and really that's the best that all of us can do right now is Mm -hmm. to just keep sitting with ourselves a little bit every day just a little bit it's okay if maybe it's not 30 minutes maybe it's five minutes you know just as you started your yoga video (laughs) back in the day it's like just five minutes and then just notice if you feel a shift after those five minutes and then if you did like just again just plant that little seed inside of huh I didn't want to do this but I do actually feel better having done it and then keep going. That's really, to me, the easiest way to start this journey. No one out there is immune to the ego, right? It's. Mm-hmm. I think it's always so funny to me how friends are like, oh, you just always seem to like make, you always have the meditation. I reiki myself and do meditation every morning. Um, and I do a lot of different movement practices and people will always say like, oh, you know, but I'm just this or I'm just that. And I will always say to them, do you like, don't you dare insult me by acting as if your ego is stronger than mine, because I have a very strong ego (laughs) that does not want to move when I know movement is the best thing for me, that does not want to get out and go for a walk or a run, Mm -hmm. you know, like the most beautiful things my ego will fight me on. And so it's not because this is easier for any person out there. It's because you choose to love yourself enough, even if it doesn't feel like it. You choose to believe in yourself enough. You choose to care enough about your life that you and the people in it that you will do this act and this self-care experience because you want to be the best version of yourself. You know, sending 15 more emails or sitting down for 15 minutes to me is is no question if I'm in a state where I can feel that I'm anxious or I can feel that I'm really letting my fear operate through my communication. That's the difference of my life now is it's not that life is any less like stressful or has any less amount of, of work or any less amount of pain or any less amount of relationships than it did before or choices. It's just that now I know myself well enough to say, "Mm, I'm not operating from a place of openness and from a place of, I'm triggered in some way. I'm not operating from the place that I know I can operate from. So it's my work and it's my responsibility to go sit with myself 
and to help clear some of this energy or to love on myself or to heal something that's old and painful. Like that's my work. That's not anybody else's work to do. I love that. And actually described that so beautifully because I remember probably a few months ago, I was talking to someone about my story and how I overcame illness and what my life is like now. And one of the things I was saying was back before I became very ill, so sort of um, up until the age of 21, I was very much a high achiever, very much perfectionist. And this person said to me, oh, it seems like you're still those things which was interesting and it wasn't a person that knew me very well and I realized that in some ways yes I do still like to achieve and yes I do like to do things well but there's a big difference now and I think the way you described it was perfect and actually I couldn't even say it as well as you just did but for me it's definitely I know my body more now I listen to my body I know when it's time to stop I know when it's time to breathe I know when it's time to walk or to do yoga I know what foods my body needs now and the other thing I do is even though it may appear on the outside that I'm a perfectionist and high achiever health always comes first to me and I've got this little mantra that I use which is done is better than perfect so although to other people it may seem like I'm pushing myself and pushing myself I know what it was like to be a perfectionist you keep going you keep going you keep going and you never really get where you want to be because there's no such thing as perfection and even if there was when you get there it doesn't feel good anyway um whereas now I just know actually done it's better than perfect. Let's just get something done. Let's get it out there. Do my best within what I've got. So within my energy levels, within my time levels and look after myself on the way. So yeah, it's it's a hard one to describe, but I, I love how you describe it there. I thought that was perfect. Perfect. The irony of saying that was perfect. But that was... <laughs> That was just said beautifully, definitely. And and that's nice to hear. Nice to hear that that someone's had a similar journey. Because yeah. obviously you are you are busy now still, but you know, you take that time for you. I have to. I'm not of service to anyone if I just keep pushing and you know, I I'm about to launch my very first book um at the end of April, on April twenty eighth, and it's called Burning Bright. And the whole concept of the book is this idea of how to turn burnout and pain and anxiety and fear and worry into burning bright. And it's really, you know, I had, I had Epstein-Barr, I had shingles, I had all the things in my early twenties as well. And, you know, I think that that's a bigger epidemic than it's a very isolated experience when you're going through it. But Mm -hmm. I don't think any of us have ever realized how, many people have been diagnosed with something like Epstein-Barr or chronic fatigue syndrome, or now a lot of women, and I'm 38, a lot of women that I know that are in their 30s and and getting older are experiencing um, autoimmune disorder or different things where their thyroid is imbalanced. And the thyroid is really going to be your indicator of you know, whether or not you're tapping out your reserves, we all only have a certain amount of energy for the day. And if you run out of it really quickly, and you're not doing practices during the day, like a walk, like nourishing food, like, you know, a restorative, 
like five minute phone call with a close friend, whatever it may be, gardening, all those things. If you're not doing that throughout the day, then you're going into the red zone. And that to me is, it's so important because my whole thing right now is to help people avoid needless suffering. You know, like there is suffering in the world. We're going to suffer. We are, and and it's also a beautiful gift, you know, to go through those moments of deep sorrow because that is part of the human experience. But I also believe we don't need needless suffering. Yeah. That's so true. We do create so much of our own suffering within ourselves, which is which is just crazy when you think about it. But it's so true it for is. so many of us. What I would love um, to finish off doing, Kelsey, if you wouldn't mind. And one of the things that I really enjoy when I listen to your podcast is how you always finish with a little meditation. And I was wondering, because we've talked so much in this podcast about the fear that many people are feeling around coronavirus and maybe the anxiety. Would you mind leading us through a little meditation, maybe a short little Reiki healing, just to close the podcast? Thank you. That'd be amazing. Yes, I'd be honored. So whenever you're ready and if you're driving right now or you're listening to this in a commute, maybe just press pause and come back to it uh, when you do have time to sit. And for those of you that are ready, can either sit up or lie down, whatever makes you feel deeply, deeply surrendered and relaxed. And please don't fight whatever you're feeling. If you know you need to just lay down for 10 minutes, lay down. And we'll begin with three nice, deep, expansive breaths. So inhaling to fill the belly up. Exhale to just open your mouth and sigh, release a sound, a vibration, whatever speaks to you. Doing that two more times on your own, nice and slow. Begin to focus your energy now on your inhale breath. Every time you inhale and fill up the belly, allow the energy of space to come into the body and then exhale your breath and arrive back at the inhale. Allow this inhale to just create more and more open space in the body. Space for new thoughts, new connection, new awareness, new safety, new trust. New healing, new compassion with yourself and with others, new kindness, new 
Now begin to focus your energy on the exhale breath. With every exhale, just allow the fear, control, the overwhelm, the pain to just dissolve and transmute the highest and best every time you focus on your exhale. Let it release. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Let go of the control. Let go of the fear. Let go of the day. Just surrender for this moment. Now begin to merge these two breaths, inhaling spaciousness, openness, awareness, exhaling, releasing whatever is not serving you, any pain, fear, doubt. As you harmonize the body with these deep breaths, filling up and letting go, just receive this distance Reiki healing to bring balance and harmony to the mind, the body, and the soul. Feel free to stay here as long as you like, as long as you need. Trust in your body's ability to rest and restore and replenish you from the inside out. And from my heart to yours. May you be happy, may you be healthy, and may you always remember you are free. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you so much, Kelsey. And as I opened my eyes then, I was just looking at my notes that I had for your podcast. And I feel like it's definitely come around full circle to what I spoke about at the beginning, which is how your calling and mission is to help people stand in their truth and release old patterns and really be in their authenticity. And I feel that that's exactly what you've helped me do in this session. I feel like it's been a bit of a healing and a <laughs> therapy session for me, actually, which has been that. amazing. That so happy. <laughs> so you it's know, just the only great. person we have in front of us is the one who is there with us. And mm -hmm. I think even as people listen to this episode, 
you know, really to allow them to feel part, the part that they are of this, of this conversation and to let all the things that land really land inside. And there'll be many things that people probably didn't catch or listen to or hear that other people will have profoundly heard and experienced. And so I'm just so grateful to be able to share this with you, Danielle, and also with your incredible community. I'm honored to, um, to just share and to create space and breath together. Thank you. And if people want to get in touch with you, Kelsey, how can they do that? Absolutely. Um, so my website, my Instagram, my Facebook, all of it's the same. It's Kelsey, K-E-L-S-E-Y, the letter J, which is for my middle name. And my last name is Patel, P-A-T-E-L, Kelsey J. Patel. Um, and you can get my new book on my website or just type in Burning Bright. Um, and you can buy it anywhere books are sold. And yeah, please come and say hi. If you had an experience or you want to share, I'm on Instagram, I love getting DMs from people. I send out free distance Reiki healing um, every Friday if you'd like me to send you some specific Reiki. Or you can sign up for my newsletter. I send lots and lots of different videos and um, activations for people. So come on over and say hi. And I'd be honored to share space and practice with you. And thank you for being an amazing guest on the Face Yoga Expert podcast. Thank you so much, Danielle. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like more information on face yoga or you'd like to become a face yoga teacher, just head to our website, faceyogaexpert.com for more information. If you'd like to do a regular structured daily face yoga program to get the best results, you can either use one of my apps, just search Danielle Collins on your app store, or you can use my book, just search Danielle Collins Face Yoga on Amazon. And thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again next time.